Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lappard and I'm delighted to be joined online by the owner of iconic heroes of wrestling excellence, David Fuller. How are you doing this evening, David? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much. Hello to all the great wrestling fans over the way in the United Kingdom, the UK. I'm a big advocate for everything that's going on over there and I'm a big fan. So uh, thank you for allowing me the opportunity. I'm, I'm on it. This evening. Um, so David has joined us to talk about his upcoming show, Jeremy's Birthday Bash, which is held on the 17th of December in the El Grand. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. The El Grand Salon Event Center. El Grand Texas. Salon Event Center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, that's um, all right. Um, <laughs> Benbrook, Texas, which is going yes. to be headlined by British wrestler Martin Stone, which is known to TNA fans as um, Danny Birch. Yes. So, so um, before we get into Jeremy's Big Bash, I uh, just wanted to ask you a few questions about how you got into wrestling, a bit of a history about the promotion. I broke in in 1998. I met uh, Hall of Famer Johnny Valentine, Greg the Hammer Valentine's father, at a gym in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. And he was running a wrestling And I, I was 16 years old. I begged, bugged, pleaded with him yeah. to train me. And after a few weeks, he reluctantly agreed. Uh, but he told me from the get-go, he said, you don't have the body for this. And I was about 5'5", five, five, 100 pounds over the wet. And he was right. But he said, you seem knowledgeable, you're passionate, you might make a pretty good promoter one day. And I think he had a crystal ball in front of him. And I said, okay, cool, but I want to learn. So uh, I yeah. started training with him. And at the same time this was happening, me and my two buddies, uh, Ronnie McMurray, Danny Casey, Chris Wolf, and Brian Ryder, respectively, we started wrestling in Ronnie's backyard. And we would, we would uh, emulate what we saw on television. Well, back in the 90s, the late 90s, Attitude, mm. ECW, and Society, Jerry Springer, it was, Society was real crazy. Not that it isn't now, just get on your Twitter feed and you'll see that that hasn't really changed. No. <laughs> uh, but at the time, uh, pop culture was as different than it is now. Yeah. So we wanted to, instead of emulating what we saw on television, we started, we was like, well, why don't we just do our own thing? We were big ECW fans. What's better than extreme? Let's call it insane. Insane <laughs> hardcore wrestling. It's the dumbest name yeah. for wrestling for I've ever heard. But we were young punk kids, so we started calling it IHW, and we'd all have six or seven gimmicks, and it, we started wrestling just on grass. Within a few months, I was training with Johnny, and within a few months, we uh, found a guy who let us run a ring. We brought it to the backyard and set it up, and people mm. were coming to watch us wrestle. It was the most ridiculous thing, and still to this day, it's ridiculous when you think about it, because he got so much attention, and I still don't know why to this day. 19 years later, I still don't understand why he got so much attention, but it did, and wrestlers from all over came. We had Brian Kendrick. Before Brian Kendrick went to train with Shawn Michaels, he trained up here at yeah. the NWA Academy, and before he left for San Antonio, he came back wrestling a match for us in the backyard with no fans. I'm sure if you ask him about that today, he'll be like, yeah, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> slowly, or maybe quickly walks away from it. Uh, Rodney Mack and Jazz were with us. Jazz was on ECW Hardcore Television one week. The next week, she's sitting in our backyard. Yeah. Uh, and a man by the name of Necro Butcher. I was going to ask about Necro Butcher. Didn't he debut as the gimmick in your promotion? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, uh, fans in the UK may remember him as uh, the man who gave Randy Duran his ill-fated heart attack in uh, The Wrestler. Yeah. Academy Award nominated wrestler. Uh, Necro Butcher called me up one day and said, Hey, my name's Dylan Summers. I want to do this gimmick called the Necro Butcher. I didn't know what the hell it meant. <laughs> he was calling a guy to wrestle in a backyard, so I don't think his standards were very high at the time. And I said, Sure, man, come on up. Do whatever you want. 
first day he started with us, the local paper was there, of course, on Telegram. And this guy pulls out a fluorescent light tube and goes to smash it over some guy's back and then takes jagged eggs Ooh. and carves into this man's forehead. And I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> I don't know if my promotion's dead in the water or if this is, I don't know what's happening here. But quickly thereafter, people started really paying attention and coming to see us. And I, again, I, I had stopped training with Johnny because Johnny didn't have the school anymore. And so I just started doing this. And I guess you could call it learning on the job. Mm. I was learning as I went. And months later, I was traveling up and down the roads of Texas doing whatever I could. I managed. I did security. I sold gimmicks. I did ring announcing. I did color. I did refereeing. I took the robes back and forth. I did everything you can possibly fathom. I would drive to a town, and I would do whatever they asked me to do, whether they paid me or not. I learned every job there is to do in the wrestling business, and it made me who I am today. So I'm grateful for all of it. So who, who was your favorite wrestlers growing up? Steve Austin was the man. Like, he was uh, he was the guy. Like, I started watching him when he started here in Dallas, and I started watching him. Uh, other than that, Andre the Giant's reason was for watching wrestling. Yeah. I, I saw him and I was like, whoa, he's a giant. I'm going to watch this. So Andre got me started. Of course, I was a Hulkamaniac like everybody else or most everybody else. So I think there's a support group for that. Uh, but I liked Randy Savage. I liked Ric Flair. I, uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I was here for Texas, so I, I, I had to be a Von Eric fan, which I was. Um, you know, those were my favorites, but Steve Austin has really turned it around for me. Like, when he started doing the Stone Cold thing, hmm. I was an introvert. I just lost my mom a few months before I started wrestling. He really, he helped me so much, and, you know, hopefully one day I'll get to tell him this. He helped me so much, because he would go say these things on television, and he would be this character. It really broke, broke me out of my shell, and I was able to speak in front of people, and because for the longest time, I couldn't speak in front of my class, much less cut a promo. No. Uh, but I learned, and thankfully I learned, and, uh, uh, you know, so, but Steve Austin, I think, was the guy who really changed it for me. Was there a wrestler you tried to mold your wrestling style around? Um, not really. Um, I, um, you know, I uh, went and uh, I just, I didn't know a whole lot, so I just kind of, uh, I wanted to fly, but aside from a senton off the top rope, I really didn't have the talent, uh, so I would do kind of the hardcore stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't really have a style. I was real small, but I couldn't do a whole lot of the crew weight stuff, so I just kind of did what I had to do to get through. Not a very sexy answer, but it's just honest. <laughs> and where did the nickname Vengeance come from? Uh, man, I, I was trying to find a name. And I'm not the most physically intimidating specimen. Uh, I'm not. Still not to this day. Um, and I was trying to find something. Uh, and so I was, I think I was looking at a comic book card collection one night. And yeah. I saw the name Vengeance. So I was like, ah, sure. What the hell? I had been the ringmaster. I did the silencer. I did. I had so many stupid, silly, ridiculous names. Yeah. And Vince was like, "Okay, I'll give that a shot." And then I was watching uh, WCW, and I saw Rick Fuller, the uh, wrestler in WCW, tell the uh, tail end of WCW, "You're a real big dude." And uh, I was like, "Fuller, that's good." My real name's Farmer. Yeah. And a farmer, no one's gonna, you know, farmer. Ha ha ha, farmer. And I heard all that crap going up already. Anyone hear it again? So I was like, well, let me do Fuller. It still starts with an F. It still ends with an R. And so that's not too far from what it is. So, David Fuller. <laughs> cool. So, so what were some of the other gimmicks you've worked at us the, over the years? So. Uh, 
Face or heel? Um, I'm a real good heel, I think, because uh, baby faces, baby faces, hard because mm. no matter what the audience does, you still got to be a baby face. You still got to slap the hands and go, yeah, baby. <laughs> Started IHW, but then you moved on to have IW, IHWA. So, so what makes the, the, the yeah we had. I've 
ran shows. I've started in a backyard. I've ran shows in the most ridiculous parking lots. I ran a show anywhere I could. I've run shows in the basement of a flea market. Yeah. <laughs> I have run wherever I could. I've ran shows in the ridiculous worst places you can possibly fathom. Every, whatever we had to do to succeed or to survive, I did it. Um, so, um, you know, IHW kind of went on went on the back burner. I would run a few shows, and then I would wrestle, and I'd go on the road. I started another company called NAWAFW, which was in Dallas, Fort Worth. I ran that for a couple of years. Mm. And then in 2008, I decided to bring IHW back, but I, I said, let's add the E to it. Because originally, IHWE was going to be a production company. And we were going to do film and photo shoots and modeling. We were going to do a whole lot of stuff. So I figured that. Kind of like what WWE does. Hey, you know, people can say whatever they want about WWE. They're successful. They make money. And they're smart people. Whether people like or dislike what they're shelling out every Monday or Tuesday, that's their prerogative. So I was like, okay, well, let's just follow what they're doing. And I decided to bring IHW back, run run one show. We're going to run one show in 2008. And uh, uh, we were going to run in 2007. And then the horrible incident happened in June of 2007 that shed a very bad light on the wrestling business. Hmm. Uh, so after months after that, it was really hard to get a show on board because we were trying to go to community centers run by the city. And of course, all they knew about wrestling was what they saw on Nancy Grace and yeah. Greta and Superman. That's all they knew about wrestling. So it took a while to get people to come back around and say, okay, that was, that was one particular person. We can't blame the, the business for that, but it took a long time. 2008, we decided to go back and try it again. So we decided to do a show again, and I, you know, I've, I've ran all these shows over the years, but I never really had that one big, big, big show. Um, so, I was like, well, let, let me try it. So we got a date, and I got Bill Mercer, Skandar Akbar, and Martha Rance for Class Championship Wrestling. I got all them agreed to come, which yeah. was a big deal at the time. And that was the last time they were together, because Akbar died two years later. So that was cool. We did a big show. We had a couple hundred people there. And uh, there was going to be one show, but after that, the company just got hot again, and I decided, okay, let's run it again. So we decided to just run IHWE, but we would run PG family shows. Yeah. We wouldn't run hardcore like we did in the past. We were still hard, Insane Hardcore Wrestling Entertainment, which was an even worse name. I didn't think it could get any worse than Insane Hardcore Wrestling, but it did. Yeah. So, uh, so um, we just said, what's it called? IHWE. IHWE. People asked me what the name was. I'd cringe and go, Insane Hardcore. <laughs> so, um, so we ran shows, um, and we just been running. In 2008, we ran a couple. We ran three or four shows. 2009, we ran. I don't even know. We ran maybe 30, 40 events. Oh, not right. in good places. We ran in the back of a flea market. We ran into a boxing gym. Uh, 2010, it started to get hot again. We were able to go back to the community centers and do 300, 400 people. Uh, at the end of 2010, uh, we kind of uh, we kind of crashed into a wall, and uh, uh, we kind of had to regroup. I was a one-man show, man. I, I didn't have investors. I didn't have sponsors. It was pretty much me. Yeah. So uh, I had a setback, and I just had to take a few months off. And, and this time, I met my wife at the time, because she was a fan. She'd bring the kids to the show. So I have IHWB to thank you for having my wife. And because of meeting my wife, I have my son because of IHWE. So I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah. But uh, we ran one show in 2011. It's going to be kind of a comeback in a bar here in Fort Worth. Not the best way to run a show, but we thought, okay, we'll run an adult show. And we did. We marketed to adults. We had a Playboy model there. Uh, we kind of let loose on the microphone, and it threw not a damn person. 
people in the back than on the show. Wow. There were more people on the show than in the crowd. And I'm like, and that's just brutal honesty for you. It wasn't, well, no, it, we sucked. We had, we had a good card, but for whatever reason, people weren't there. So uh, that kicked my butt, and I said, you know what? I'm done. I took three years running live events. But in the meantime, I started something called the Texas Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. And now it's the Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame. And uh, so I started that. We have ceremony every year, and we did that. And then in 2014, I decided to uh, bring it back. And that's why you brought it back as iconic heroes of wrestling. Well, Robin. what had happened was in 2014, like my wife had really been on me about coming back and running a few shows. And my son was born. So it was really important for him to see what his dad had done. So we, uh, we put a lot of work into it. We went to these nice venues, the Sundara Center, and, and I was going to produce a weekly episodic YouTube show called ISOD, which there's 19 episodes of the first season on our YouTube channel. We got Johnny Gargano for the first show. Wow. I'll never forget it, man. We did, we did a, the first show after three years' absence. We had 510 people, oh, and I'll never forget it. I could not believe how many people were there. And we didn't have television. We were going to have a weekly YouTube show after this. We didn't have anything before. We had Johnny Gargano. We had Matt Riviera, the current NWA champion, Terry Storm. We had a good group of people there, but we didn't have the, you know, we didn't have what the, the we didn't have what we do now. Which are 500 people. We ran two other shows that year. I, Jim, I met Jim Cornette, and uh, Jim was impressed by me. He drove down here for a show, loved it. 450 people came to see him. We had Kyle O'Reilly, who's wrestling in war games this weekend yeah, uh, we had there. yeah we had a we had a who's who and that was old school hustle and that was a great event and we had a couple of those before and that's the event we just had and that's kind of a wrestlemania and then we just uh in 2015 james beard who's a longtime referee here in dallas longtime official he was their director of operations for the nwa up until billy corgan and we mm-hmm. took over uh james beard came to me and said david what about changing the name? And I said, yes, but we got to keep the same acronym. we got to keep Eichstein. put so much money into this brand. He said, no, no, that's fine. Let's come up with something with Eichstein. And we went back and forth, and finally, together, we came up with Iconic Heroes of Wrestling Expert. He wrote this big story about it, and it was coming from James Beard, who had been in the ring with the best and worked with the best promoters, from Vince McMahon to Prince Von Eric, yeah. and all in between. He put it out there, and he sold it. And it was a lot easier uh, for people, to, and he was very invested. In it, so that was really cool. We got uh, we inducted Stan Hansen into the Hall of Fame, Bruce Brody, Jim Cornette. Uh, we had a uh, you know 2015. Uh, we did I think four events, one in California. Um, most of them, I think all but one were sellouts. Uh, we were doing pretty well in 2015, and then, uh, and, and the end of 2015, Jim Cornette calls me. David, you need to do something during WrestleMania week. Yeah. And that would start a very stressful time in my life, which I'm <laughs> sure you're going to ask about, man. Yeah, that's fine. So, so pray to champions. Yeah. Uh, and feel free to butt in here at any time, because this is your show. I don't want to run off. Oh, uh, you got okay. yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> man, pray to champions was, uh, wow, so much work. Um, it was, yeah, it was amazing, so. I was scared to death. Like, I knew WrestleMania was coming, and I was like, I really want to enjoy WrestleMania, but I can't. I don't know if I'm going to be alive come Friday, because <laughs> Thursday's the event. Yeah. And so here's the Dallas Fort Worth structure for fans who don't 
minutes away is Arlington, and then about 30 minutes away from Arlington is Dallas. Yeah. Uh, you've never been here, though. Fort Worth, from Dallas to Fort Worth, is like going to Mexico from Texas. It just, no! I'm, everything's here. Why should we go to Fort Worth? We were the only thing happening in Fort Worth. Everything was in Dallas. Other than WrestleMania, everything was in Dallas. WrestleMania was in Arlington. Yeah. We had Jim Cornette. That was the only event he was going to do that weekend. It was for us. He did Jim Ross's uh, WrestleMania show on Monday after Raw. But he was only here to meet people for our thing. So we had that going for us. And uh, we it was a crapshoot. We did our best. Jim promoted his tail off and did all the podcasts. We... Uh, and we, we did about six hundred people that night. I don't know how. I yeah. really don't know. Uh, but it was it was a it was a it was certainly something to behold and uh I'd probably go down as the greatest night of my wrestling career whatever this is. I, not really career because it doesn't beat my family. But my <laughs> run, whatever the hell this is, that was the, the highlight of it. So what was the card uh, for um Prey of the Champions? Huh? What was the card? Was uh it was um it was um uh, Jack Stane, who's uh, Wilcox in the uh, Veterans of uh, War at Impact, I believe so. Yeah. Um, uh, Jack Stane defended the World Heavyweight Championship against Charlie Haas, who was current IWC champion at the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve Anthony, who had just won the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship uh, in Japan, had flown back, and he wrestled Unholy Gregory James. He defended the title in what some people called the match of the night. The other match of the night was Bullet Club member Chase Owens against Jason the Gift Cave, yeah. which was awesome. Cool. <laughs> uh, we had the NWA World Tag Team Championship was on the line as Barrett Brown and Andy Dalton, the IHWE Tag Team Champions, who were members of Black Bart's Outlaw Inc. group, wrestled Matt Riviera and Rob Conway, who were managed by Jim Cornette. We had Amber O'Neill, Amber Gallows, the NWA Women's Champion against Jessica James, the IHWE Queen of the Ring. Yeah. We had Baker God as the special guest referee, um, and she wore the Shawn Michaels shorts for that match, so uh, a lot of the fans were happy about that, especially our male fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Ray Rowe against Rodney Mack against Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That was a that was like three bulls. Yeah. Uh, no Matador. Um, let me see here. Um, we had a six man tag with Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. Uh, Pretty Boy Killers, PBK, mm. and um, I believe I believe that was and Tim Storm, the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion, yeah. defended the NWA North American Championship uh, against Devin Driscoll, the former OBW Heavyweight Champion. Wow, that sounds like an amazing card. Ricky Morton, Ricky Morton was there, Sam Houston was there, Bobby Bolton was there, and in a really cool moment, uh, Shelton Benjamin was there. And Happened to come out during the people's title match when yeah. the fans started chanting, Shelton's better, Charlie Haas. Charlie told everyone he was going to leave, yeah. and he walked back to the moments later, he walked back, backpedaling, and he was being stalked by Shelton <laughs> And the crowd went absolutely ballistic because they had no idea Shelton was going to And that's one of those moments, one of those organic moments that you can't get. You couldn't get that if you advertised it hmm. because everybody knew Shelton would be there. They would be expecting it was awesome. It was uh, Jim was very happy with it. We got a lot of praise. Uh, people were calling me Friday and Saturday for WrestleCon. Charlie called me uh, Saturday. Charlie never does this. Usually, how I get the show and that's it. Charlie called me a couple days later. He said everyone's talking about the Brady Jam, <laughs> and I felt really good about that. I thought it was really cool. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, Billy and Dave are doing something special with the NBA 
you right now. And mm. I want to see the NWA succeed because it deserves to succeed. It deserves to be held in uh, in high regard. It does, and I hope it continues. And then uh, Nick Olness. Go for the what title. Now? Then Nick Olness go for the title the other day in NWA. Yes, yes. Uh, Olness, he, he went for the title against Tim Storm, and Tim Storm successfully retained. Yeah. However, I do know, I watched some of the match, and Nick Aldis, I think, will be NWA World Heavyweight Champion sooner than later. It depends on when he gets another shot. Uh, he's, a, he's a very impressive physical physical specimen. You yeah. got a lot of great athletes over there. You got, you got a Mark Scroll. There's so many good athletes from, from Europe and the UK. You know, the Europe, and, the Europe and the UK have always had a strong representation of talent in the business. However, the past three years, it seems like more and more, uh, more and more, especially with the UK division. We got Martin Stone coming here, Danny Burke. He, yeah, he was one. He was one of the guys in the UK tournament that I saw. And was like, oh man, this guy looks like a guy. If you look at him wrong at a pub, he'll come over there and rearrange the face. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to bump into him in the dark night. Along with Wolfgang and a few others, uh, I think the, the European and the UK uh, scene is hotter than ever, and I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's definitely growing over here. It's, uh, I really enjoy going to the indie shows whenever I have a spare few quid to go. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, that's, I think it's fantastic. So, wait, wait, well, if you get back to your promotion, do you do you run a continuous story through through from yeah, show we, to show? We, we try to run continuous storylines. Uh, it just depends. Um, it just kind of depends on what's going on. Every, we try to make sure everybody has a storyline. Uh, at the same time, we're uh, we're not running on a real on a on a too much of a regular schedule, so we just kind of sometimes we run stories just for the night. It just kind of depends on where we're at, what time of the year we're running, who's there. It just kind of depends on a lot of different factors. Did I, did I, oh, did I hear in another interview that you run an academy or a, a school? Yes, we run a wrestling school. Yes, we yeah. run a wrestling school. Very, uh, very unorthodox wrestling school. We train on dojo mats. Wow. So it's really, it's, it's really unusual. It's unorthodox, but it works. Uh, yeah, we have an academy, and uh, it's and we have about six or seven students right now. One of our students, Angel Megan, upset Barrett Brown the last weekend mm. in an impromptu championship match. Barrett uh, ran his mouth and uh, said he'd defeat the kid in five minutes or less and ended up getting rolled up, losing to Jacob. I was at ringside. I may or may not have had a hand in it. I will not, uh, I will not uh, confirm nor deny that I had a hand in that, but I certainly was there to witness it. But uh, yeah, we have an academy. We got some really good kids, as I said on my uh, podcast a couple weeks ago. That I did. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the uh, drill sergeant relationship. Um, uh, just like I'm talking to you right now, that's the kind of relationship I have with my students. I don't like the narrative of uh, shut down, give me twenty, give me hundred, come on, you pussy. I don't like that. I think it's, uh, if, if it's a reality show, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's great entertainment. Uh, who doesn't remember Full Metal Jacket? But uh, in real life, I don't want people to fear me. Uh, number one, it would take a whole, I would have to have a whole lot of guns on me for anybody to fear me for any reason, number one. But number two, you don't get the best out of somebody. Hmm. You just don't. You get the best out of somebody when you respect them. And you treat everybody the way you'd want to be treated. I think you get the most. Like, I always, I try to say please and I try to say thank you to everybody. Because it's nice to hear. And somebody, you hear that from somebody, you're like, oh, let's. I'm going to, I'm going to do that much more for that person because he said please or because he said thank you. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of relationship I have. A trainer, his name's Paul Schreider. He's, uh, he looks like a 1980s uh, mid-Atlantic 
opening journeyman wrestler. He's mm. got that look, but he's, he's very good. He's been my best friend since third grade, and he's my trainer. I he, he works on the technical. I work on the because that's what I'm better at. And as a promoter, I tell the kids what I want to see as a promoter. They're really good kids, and we got a really good thing going. So as your as your last run, you could possibly manage like a Nexus type faction yeah, to your kids. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Definitely a possible, uh, that's a possible idea. I like that. Actually, I haven't really thought about that. If you wanted to do a heel manager, yeah. yeah. If I do, now I got to give you credit. <laughs> <But, you know. laughs> yeah, do a better job than the WWE did. Let the <laughs> let the Nexus win. Yeah, they, can, they can lose at Survivor Series. We'll let them win the SummerSlam match. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Right, so if we go back to so your last show was um, Old School Hustle, which is a charity event headlined by. Uh, Michael Elgin. Um, can you tell us a bit about that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we about um, a little over 100 people there, which is a little bit less than what we shot for, we hope for. But, you know, we go out there, we're still going to put on a show. Everybody worked really hard. We had a very good group of diverse talent. Uh, we, I was in a six-man tag to open up the show yeah. with uh, Mike Fox and Gregory James against John Allen, Barrett Brown, and Ashton Jacobs. We had Anthony Henry uh, uh, take on Kevin Lee Davidson. I just watched it Friday night. It yeah. sucked match. Uh, there's going to be a video on demand of it. Uh, if people stay tuned, I should be social and digital media. They'll find out. We're gonna. Have, it should be up in the next week, so people can watch the show. It's really worth going out of your way to watch. It's a really good show. We had AJ Gray and Andy Dalton. We had um, we had Wagle Del Sol and Justin Taylor. We had um, Michael Elgin and Shane Taylor. That mm. match was so brutal that they ended up beating up a referee and one of our other wrestlers. <laughs> and it wasn't even settled. They want to come back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to put down another uh, policy, insurance policy, before I let them come down and do it again, though. Um, <laughs> we had, uh, we actually ended the show with a women's match. We had Angela Slane, the Brown Frankenstein Challenge, Ivory Breed, was a train that came out of the Booker T Reality Wrestling Academy out of Houston. Uh, she defended her queen of the ring against Angelus Lane. We had uh, Myron Reed challenge Kurt Stallion, Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm Championship. We had, um, and we had our students, the IW Academy against Chris Marvel's Hybrid School of Wrestling students out of San Antonio. It was a very good show. Uh, everybody was raving about it when they walked out, and that's really all you can really hope for. We're still, uh, we're still taking some donations, and within the next week or so, we'll be uh, getting in touch with. Down in Houston, we're doing the aid and see who we can get this money to to hopefully help somebody have a Christmas or yeah. a couple fans. I just I just wanted to do something. Maybe some kids, some kids down there can have a Christmas because it's not like they woke up and said, "I want a hurricane to hit," so I don't have a Christmas. They didn't choose to be in the path of a hurricane. No. So we wanted to do what we could. Everybody worked really hard, and that's really all I can ask. A lot of people devoted their time, flew down here, and drove down here on their own dime. You know, you can't ask for anything better than that. That sounds like an amazing cause. So, so your next show is in December, with, as we mentioned before, Martin Stone. Um, it's called Jeremy's Birthday Bash. Who's, who's Jeremy? Jeremy is uh, he's one of our guys. He's yeah. a making pounds guy on Twitter. Uh, he's a real good dude. Uh, he travels all over the world to watch the talent. He's been in Battle of Los Angeles. He goes to Warwick Pro. He's been in NXT. He goes all over the country independent wrestling and he lives down here and he wants to get into the promoting game he's actually got a show in Nashville in May called the Making Towns Classic it's a women's tournament so you know we've hit it off and he's been a real big help and I'm trying I'm I'm trying I'm kind of teaching him some 
things I've learned over the years kind of helped me. I won't, I won't, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing this forever. Like if my kid gets older and he gets involved in school and sports, my time is going to be limited if, if I'm even in this anymore when that time comes. So I want good people to take the ball and run with it once I'm, I ride off into the sunset. So if I can help him, you know, learn what I did and not make the mistakes that I had to make to get there, I think the territory will be much better off. So it's, it's, I told him, I, it's his birthday show. I told him, book whoever you want, call it whoever you want, and we'll promote it. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. So he, his birthday show, that's what he wants for his birthday. So, hey, we'll power to him. It's going to be a fun show. The fans win for Christmas. They get to see a show of this caliber. Yeah. Uh, Miranda Salinas, who the May Young Classic, is going to be there. They get Short Iron Grace. We got, uh, uh, got uh, Kikotaro from, from Japan. Look at, look at that guy. You'll start laughing. Much less see him live in person. But yeah. Chip Day, Martin Stone, I think, is one of the more, uh, probably one of the better uh, independent matches of the year uh, for this year. I think it's going to be really good. And I'm looking forward to meeting both of them. It's going to be a great show. And tickets start at $15. Yeah, so, so when will you bring in big names? How do you decide which wrestler is going to wrestle them? Um, uh, you know, it just depends on. I look at a number of different things. I look at what type of year it is. Originally, we brought in Jim Cornette. We were originally going to bring in Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. And uh, I hit it off with Jim Cornette. And after talking to Jim for about an hour and a half, I made my decision that I wanted to bring in Jim Cornette. And uh, Jim's great to bring in. Uh, he has his opinions, which he's allowed. A lot of these wrestling fans really take offense to some of the things that are said. I said, you realize he's just doing the same thing that you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he's in the wrestling business. You realize that, right? So, uh, you know, but he, he, I don't agree with everything Jim says, but we're friends, and I respect that. He's done more in this business than I'll ever do, and I respect that. So uh, I get a long, long break with Jim. But uh, it, it depends on a lot of different things. It depends on where they're coming from. And I look at a number of different, you know, when we brought in Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly, we knew they were going to be uh, top guys. They were already doing well on the independence. Kyle O'Reilly was the pro wrestling gorilla champion when we brought yeah. him in. So it didn't take a periscope to see. He was already a big deal. And Johnny Gargano, I believe, was the Dragon Gate America heavyweight champion. Or he had just lost it. We knew they were going to be, I knew they were going to be in NXT. I could see a crystal ball and say, in a year or so, they're going to be in NXT. Let's bring them in now, and let's get the rub. And we have video once they make it. Sure enough, we do. And they did. Hmm. So it just depends on a lot of different uh, factors. Uh, you know, because there's cost when you fly in somebody, and there's always risk. You know, lights aren't guaranteed to happen, and there's always risk. So it's, it's calculated risk, and there's always there's been some talents in the past that take a deposit or get a plane platform, and they never get on the plane, and they keep the money. Yeah. It's always risk. So I always ask around and say, hey, I ask around other promoters. I, I get along really well with other promoters. Over there, I get along with Stephen Flutter, and I get along with Billy Wood over in the U.K. Yeah. Uh, so I get along with them. Uh, but I have a, a plethora of promoters that I can go to all over the nation and say, hey, have you worked with so-and-so? How was it? And they'll tell me, yeah, your name. That's what I do. So, uh, you know, we brought in Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn stopped wrestling. He retired. Jerry Lynn we brought in mainly to do a seminar with some of the talent here in Texas. And we were looking out for the talent. How many, you know, he was a guest coach at the WWE Performance Center a few months ago. Yeah. He's a real good guy to bring in and teach. did about a three or four hour seminar, and that's invaluable to the talent. So we just kind of see what they can bring in and uh, the investment versus the reward. It's not just about how many butts they'll put in seats, about the digital awareness, 
of DVD sales, video on demand sales, the rub, if we can get more eyes on our product, because this, it just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, I look at a bunch of different things and I decide to bring in somebody from outside and get the state. Would you not be tempted, uh, apparently Emma wants two grand a match plus expenses, was it, would that be? Uh, you know, when they, when, when talent first gets the word that they're getting cut from WWE, yeah. they're used to a certain lifestyle and making a certain amount of money. And, you know, you see that, I think, you see Cody Rhodes, and you see, uh, you see these talents that left WWE, and you see, oh, wow, they're, wow, they're, they're doing just fine. You really don't know until you get out there, and at, at first, when they first get released, they're hot, so the promoters are like, yes, here, whatever yeah. you want, because the promoter's looking at, you were just on WWE, so I can use that. They're right. But at the same time, you know, is she really going to bring in that much money? And I don't know if she will or not. I, I, I don't want to say anything that's going to, you know, she's allowed to charge whatever she wants. Yeah. I'm not paying it, but I'm sure people will. I, I think she'll, I think, I think a lot of talents, depending on what you were doing before you went to WWE, that I think tells a lot of what you'll do in your release from WWE. Mm. You, know, ne- you know, guys like, you know, like Neville, like, I know Neville's not released. Know he's still under contract, but guys like Neville who were doing the independence, I think you know they're they're used to. It. I think people who uh, weren't doing the independence before WWE or they were working in a different part of the country but doing independence. I think I think there's a lot to get acclimated to uh, once that uh, once that the uh, once that, that that happens and it just takes time. I hear that all the time. Uh, talent gets released and they're 90 days up and now they're now, now they've got to now they got to you know find a, a, a new income source. So they figure, well, if I line up three dates at this guarantee, you know that takes care of my and and I don't blame them. Uh, shoot for the stars when you get released, and if you get, if you get, if you get it, then there, what's the harm? I mean, you know, always ask for more, and there's somebody out there that's willing to pay it, do it. Mm. But uh, you know, it'll take time for these talents who don't. If they don't have the independent experience and they're not used to dealing with the independents and how much money the independents bring in, I think it'll take some getting used to. Yeah, so uh, I've got one last question then. Sure. So, so if you could make a free match dream IHWE card with one women's match, one tag match, one main event, what matches would you choose? Uh, for the women's match, I think uh, I think Shotzi Blackheart, the Shimmer yeah. champion. Um, I'd like to see her against... Uh, I think her and uh, I think her and uh, hmm, let's see, Amber just got signed. Amber, Amber was like the hottest woman's wrestler in the country at one yeah. point. I'd like to. I think maybe uh, Angelus really impressed me when I saw her last week. So Shotzi and, and Angelus. Yeah. Uh, the, the main event. I really like working with Michael Logan. I think Michael Logan was great to work with. He was, he was doing things. He was doing things that a guy like him. Probably shouldn't be doing unless he's in Pro Wrestling Gorilla or New Japan. He was taking <laughs> great moves and stuff, and yeah. impressed a lot of me. Uh, maybe him against uh, maybe him against uh, I'm trying to think of one of the hottest independent talents out there uh, who I'd like to bring in. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, oh, Keith Lee and Michael Elgin probably. Oh, I was gonna say Keith Lee. <laughs> be amazing. You know, I was that little trivia note. I was there the night Keith Lee started. Yeah. Uh, in Arlington, so I'll never forget that. I'm so happy for him. Uh, tag team match. Uh, I like the boys. Uh, I I 
happen. But those, I think those guys are great. They're kind of a, you know, they're, 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 kind of, they're kind of up here and like here and they're kind of, you know, doing this every other weekend. You can kind of see them up here. And then, so I, I, I want to see them all. I, I want to see everybody make it. I want to see, I want to see everybody make it. Before, so, but yeah, that'd probably be it. Okay, go eat. My son wanted his Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Oh. Yes, absolutely. I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter at HXC Fuller, Hilo X-Ray Charlie Fuller. Uh, IHWB is at IHW Wrestling. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com backslash IHWE2009. And our Facebook page is facebook.com backslash IHWE. I'd love to have you back on. Um, all the links will be in the description below the interview. Um, I've really Perfect. enjoyed speaking to you. So yeah, I'd love to have you on again in the future. Perfect. And good, good luck with um, Jeremy's birthday bash. Hope yes. it goes well. I'm going to put Tank in a space, hopefully. That's my plan, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> Can't be a wrestling show, birthday, not smash cake in somebody's face. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Birthday cake on a pole match is the main event or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, buddy. Well, thank you for coming on. I'll speak to you again soon.